0: She's Tori,
1: and he's Nick,
0: and this is I want to rewatch.
1: X Files adjacent podcast.
0: In search of
1: hurricanes.
0: This episode was written and produced by Alex Pomancinoff, just like hmm. the last episode. It was edited by John Dabney with assistance by Lewis Atkin. And the series is hosted and narrated by Leonard Nimoy. This episode originally aired on Thursday, January 26th, 1977.
1: A powerful hurricane is moving in fast from 100 miles at sea. In hours, it will strike land with devastating force. In the face of hurricane's fury, we are left completely helpless.
0: Da dun, dun 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 super short opening narration.
1: Yeah, dun, da, da. I have a hot take about this, and that's that there's not much to say or be in search of, but that's okay. Oh. And then we come back and we learn from space, a full-grown hurricane appears as a giant pinwheel of swirling clouds. Oh,
0: lightning.
1: On Earth, they are the most violent and frightening of all nature's storms.
0: In search of hurricanes, dun 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 dun. <laughs> they use the um, they use it a couple of times in this episode that lightning clip. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the one they use like at all, like the Frankenstein movies, and maybe even like in Young Frankenstein. It's that total like, he was my boyfriend, <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah, I'm not sure they use it a couple of times, so kind of funny. Anyway, theory and conjecture, blah blah blah. so Tori already gave her hot take. Mine is that this one hits a lot like earthquakes, which is not surprising because, again, written by the same person, Mm
1: -hmm. much like
0: how Michael Rockefeller kind of hit all the Amelia Earhart beats because it was written by the same person, which is the same person.
1: Well, and it's funny because I don't know how. These episodes came about. So for all we know, they said, hey, write an episode about hurricanes. You know what I mean? Like, it might have just been assigned and he didn't have a choice. It might have been. Yeah, I've brought I don't up this think topic. they're
0: assigned because I think they're people coming with stories. Because, like, I don't think anyone was going to assign Hans Holzner episodes. He just brought his own shit. So. Well,
1: yeah, he. But he's, like, a special case. Like, he's a different, you know, he's not, like, a person working on the show generally. So I don't know. Again, I don't know how this was done. I just can't imagine that someone's, like, i'm doing a mystery show what's a mystery hurricanes <laughs> i
0: mean that would be until you got the hurricanes part i was gonna say that sounds like a good way to do it but yeah but no i think they're just i think again i think i think the the self-publishing aspect here is where we're going with this i could be
1: wrong so mm-hmm. but. so the episode opens and we get some hurricane footage from the 1930s And are told that since then, the daring work of newsreel cameramen has allowed us to view the terrible power of hurricanes. (laughs) We see some guy out there. Like, I always feel really bad for any weather person who's stuck in the middle of a storm while it, like, blows around them and stuff. I don't know. It just didn't seem like a good idea.
0: Yeah, this episode is footage heavy.
1: Yes, a lot of footage.
0: Yeah, and they and they use a lot of
1: it. They reuse, they reuse it. it like they reset one guy who's like knocked over by a wave. Yeah, the old
0: guy it's... in the water. Yeah, they use him twice. <laughs> the like, lightning was. shows up at least two or three times. Yeah, they use the the camera being like swamped by like rain and stuff, and then you can't see a couple times. Yeah, they use a lot of footage, and then a lot of like I said, it's just 'cause a lot of it's stock footage.
1: So. Right. So the destruction to property is enormous. The toll in human lives is massive.
0: (sighs) Tuesday, August 4th, 1969. A small storm is recorded developing in the Atlantic like hundreds of others each year. The warm sea creates funnels of air that rise thousands of feet. They gather and the Earth's rotation gives them spin. A hurricane is born. cha Lightning. Ooh, there we go.
1: Ooh, thunder. Just trying to add some ambiance. <laughs> Thursday, August 13th, 1969. A team of hurricane hunters flies directly into the hurricane. In the eye, they measure the strength and speed. It is large. The third hurricane of the season. It is named Camille. It has traveled for weeks across the Atlantic. Its path is still unknown. An alert goes out across the entire Gulf Coast.
0: Sunday, August 16th, 1969. The warnings go out. Camille hits the Mississippi coastline. More than 50,000 people take the advice to evacuate some do not and we see pictures of like dudes heading out to go surf and people like jumping up and down in the water and then like the water's like crashing onto like the cement stairs that lead down to beaches and people are like and then some people are just standing there watching the waves so you know hmm, some of them are choosing not to leave some obviously cannot
1: right every time there's a disaster people are like why don't people leave like My family had to evacuate from fires last year. It's not easy. Like, you have to take all your stuff. You have to, like, have money to stay in a hotel because even if insurance or something will reimburse you, you still need to pay for it. Like, you need to pack up your pets. Like, there's just a lot of stuff that goes into it. And, like, sometimes you have to work. There were a lot of people who, like, were still supposed to work at the casinos until they finally, you know, were like, okay, we can't stay open. But, you know what I mean? Like, those kinds of things where you get stuck because you can't leave. And or you just don't have the resources to leave. And people like every time they're like, why don't people go? Well, some people literally cannot. It's just not always a choice.
0: Yeah. Although the people we see are definitely people who are out. there. No,
1: the like, people oh, we see look fun, like yeah. tourists or people yeah. who are just fucking around in the water. Doesn't seem yeah, like it. Even they're says, like, it says like the
0: young, the un. They don't say uneducated, like people who don't know like what hurricanes can do, that kind of thing. The
1: p- people so. who moved to the area and have never lived through a hurricane, which I never have. I'm from California. I lived in Washington for 20 years. I've never dealt with a hurricane or a tornado in my life. So those things are completely foreign to me. And if I were in a situation to have to deal with them, I wouldn't even know where to start.
0: By afternoon, the winds hit. Some now attempt last-minute escape. For most, it is too late. And hey, we see this poor cow. Just looks down the (laughs) road. road. (laughs) Because we get like, it's not really dash cam footage, but it's like someone like filming as they're driving. Yeah. And like, all the power poles are like crooked. And then as they're filming, and I'm not sure if this is the same vehicle or maybe different vehicle, but like at one point, like the car is just like awashed with water, like. And then you see like the roads are all flooded and then there's one of them, they come up and there's this cow in the middle of the road just standing there looking like, what the hell's going on? Because the cow doesn't know about hurricanes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the levees collapse, flooding entire towns. By dusk, the full force of the storm hits Mississippi. Winds of 200 miles per hour. not actually correct, but we'll get to that. Power lines fall and start fires. Tornadoes form. And a thirty foot tidal surge smashes the coast at midnight. <gasps> that was a lot,
1: yeah. by morning, it's all over. We see aerial footage of a flooded wasteland. Two hundred thousand people are homeless, and more than two hundred and fifty are dead. Camille was the most powerful storm on record to affect the United States, but inevitably, there will be others. <gasps>
0: Yeah, because it's if you go and look now, it's actually way down on the list.
1: Yeah, um, is it? I was gonna look. <laughs> I meant to look, but I watched this like really late last night, and I spent all morning running around, running errands. Um, so I, I meant to look to see because I was pretty sure that it had been beat by now. But
0: oh yeah, definitely yeah. I mean, though there are links in the show notes of a bunch of different lists where they like going down. And on that, while looking up different lists of hurricanes based on like strength, and because they depended on what you use, they get categorized differently. So there's the strength, there's the barometric pressure, there's the wind speed, there's how much precipitation it causes, there's the tidal surges, there's how many people it's killed, what the property damage is, what the financial impact of that property damage was, there's all these different metrics they use. So like, they'll kind of move around. But in doing that, the recorded sustained peak wind speed of Camille is listed as 175 miles per hour so it's still so. like almost one of the high. Like i think i think the top currently is like 180 or maybe 185 so like 200 is not anything that's ever been recorded but still right. that's a lot of power
1: yes very so. powerful
0: yeah and then we come back from commercial and this is weird because we leave and he says inevitably there will be others And then we come back and we go actually going back in time to Miami, 1965, because we were in 1969 and now we're in 1965. And we talk about Hurricane Betsy, which was the first to affect the Florida coast for years. So it's been a while since Florida had been hit by one. Betsy had winds of up to 125 miles per hour, sort of because the brunt of the hurricane had gone south. And so Miami had only been brushed and uh-huh. so it did like bring a big old freighter ship up on the shore though which was a crazy
1: yeah that was crazy yeah and then
0: that one little girl's like walking on the coast and she picks up a fish because the fish <laughs> she's holding it up and her mother's laughing um that was kind of cute too but yeah so it did it did do a lot of damage but mainly it was didn't do as much because it had kind of missed them so
1: mm-hmm.
0: we learned today scientists use flying laboratories to study hurricanes. They say laboratories, but I like saying laboratory. I'm like Uranus and Uranus. So, you know, I'm always going to go with laboratory and I'm always going to go with Uranus. So, there we go. This work may someday save countless lives from the most violent storms on Earth.
1: Yep. And then we learn that a huge coastal radar net provides a chance at early warnings as well as buoys and sensors at sea. Hmm. Hmm. And then we meet Dr. Neil Frank. He is the director of the National Hurricane Center in Miami. He heads all hurricane detection and warning operations for the United States. Oh. So they use satellites, radar, aircraft reconnaissance. We have far more information about hurricanes, but it has not led to the same level of increase in accurate forecasting. So we know more about hurricanes and we have more data, but we haven't been able to really... Narrow down that forecasting of like where and when a hurricane is going to hit. Meanwhile, coastal areas have seen surges in population, which represents a potential disaster with a huge percentage of that population having never experienced a major hurricane. Which is what I was talking about. If I moved to Miami tomorrow, I wouldn't know how to deal with a hurricane either. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Dr. Frank says that it's been, so this is again in 1977. He says that it's been 25 years since Florida experienced a major hurricane. So, I guess that doesn't include Betsy because it kind of missed mostly. And then 15 years since the East Coast has. And he says that there have been some misses and some weak storms, and they've sent out warnings. And he fears that complacency may be setting in due to false impressions that people are getting because, you know, you send out a warning like, oh, there's going to be a hurricane and then not a lot happens. And so next time, you know, it's almost like the boy who cried wolf kind of action, like you uh-huh. keep warning people and people are like, oh, but last time it was pff, it was nothing. So I'm not going to worry. And
1: about that's it. a real problem, so, because if it's already expensive and difficult to leave and your work is telling you, you, you know, We're keeping Arby's open until the last possible second or whatever it is, you know, like Waffle House is still there. Uh, You got to come to work and cook your waffles. Um, It's really hard to be like, oh, okay. like, you know, I'm going to evacuate when the last few times maybe you spent the money or did or lost your job or whatever doing it. There was nothing like nothing happened. And then you feel like, oh, that was a waste, you know, so. Or maybe you didn't evacuate and it was fine. And you're like, well, it's always been fine. So you just get into that habit. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely an issue. It doesn't help the situation. I'm not saying that people can still just pick up and leave, but it doesn't help.
0: Yeah, he says the false impressions lead to poor decisions. Mm-hmm. And then he says the last big hurricane to hit Miami was in 1926, which is more than 25 years since there's a little this crap to here, so I'm not sure what's going sure. on. Anyway, but on September 17, 1926, Miami received a direct hit. A hurricane lashed it for 11 hours and left the city destroyed. And then based on the damage from 1926, Dr. Frank projects what would happen if such a storm were to strike today. So here's where we get that link to the earthquake episode where now we're going to talk about what could happen. Uh
1: huh. And it's very dire and terrifying. And I did not enjoy watching this part at all.
0: I mean, and we it's probably not like it's probably not true if it happens. I mean, but you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, do you want me to read the traumatizing yeah. part? Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I want you to read all that trauma. <laughs> yeah. We want I want all that. I want that trauma. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Anyway. It's already in my nightmare. So okay. We learned that any structures not built on pilings would risk collapse. As the storm moved inland. Most dwellings would be completely submerged. It does mention a little that anyone in like upper level apartments or hotels, like, you know, fifth, sixth story, you know, that probably wouldn't be underwater, but you wouldn't have power. So it wouldn't be good.
0: That's later in the
1: text. Oh no. Okay. Well, anyone who did not evacuate would have little chance for survival. Tons of water will smash and flood Miami beach. It is doubtful. It's population of the aged and retired could be completely evacuated. And that's, like, the thing. They keep saying, well, everyone needs to evacuate. But, like, obviously, even they acknowledge, like, you're not necessarily able to. Also, hospitals. I mean, there's just lots of stuff to consider. Coastal resort hotels and condos would flood up to the second floor. For those who remained, lower floors would be flooded or washed away completely, removing any access or escape. Power would be lost. The death toll could be enormous. <gasps> And then, and then we get a,
0: oh, <laughs> you, I was going to take some of your trauma and use this. But you no, because
1: this part was fascinating. So this woman, someone mentions like, oh, yeah, there might be people throwing hurricane parties. Like, that's a terrible idea. And then we learn in 1969 with Camille, a Category 5 hurricane, 28 people gathered in a third floor hotel room to have a hurricane party. Mm-hmm. The hotel Richelieu in Mississippi did not weather the storm. And then we see footage of this hotel like completely flattened. There's like nothing. The hotel left. is
0: gone. Yeah. It's like it's, you yeah, see the foundation. There's just, like there, there is the, no hotel. Yeah.
1: No, it's not there. There's some, some pieces of wood, probably in the wreckage. Mm-hmm. We learned that only one person from that party survived. An eight-year-old boy who floated out a third-story window on a mattress. Can you imagine if that he floated kid?
0: out a third-story window?
1: Yes, yeah. on a mattress. So that's how and high like, the water was. Imagine that fucking drama. Like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And your parents are like, it'll be fine. We're going to have a little hurricane party and wait it out. Yeah. Mm. Scarred yep. for life. Dr. Frank says Camille should have taught everyone a bitter lesson.
0: Yeah, but he's afraid it didn't. <laughs>
1: So then Leonard Nimoy comes back and he tells us the recorded history of hurricanes compels us to respect their awesome power. In 1737, hurricanes killed 300,000 near Calcutta. In 1900, more than 6,000 people died when a powerful storm swept over Galveston, Texas. In 1970, on the coast of East Pakistan, a single storm killed nearly half a million people. Today, we still know very little about how hurricanes begin and exactly what forces determine their paths. For now, at least, if threatened by their fury, we should heed the warnings of the past.
0: A <gasps> little PSA there. So, you know, hey, pay attention to hurricanes. You should probably leave if you can. So, yeah. That's it. the episode. Yeah, it's
1: kind of like. What are we in search of? Are we in search of how hurricanes travel? I guess I don't in search of a way to predict them better, I suppose, but yeah, it doesn't feel like it really fits with this show.
0: No, it, not really. No. I mean, the Weather Channel didn't exist back then, so
1: it, yeah, it was, I and I don't know. I just I feel like there's it's season two, right? Like, if this were season seven or something, I'd be like, okay. They're kind of scraping the barrel on ideas. Well,
0: remember what season one, episode one was? I know talking to plants.
1: It just it boggles my mind because there's so many like topics that like you and I could rattle off here. You know, or just like X Files episode premises that we could just list. Yeah, although like so you, I mean, you don't want
0: to you don't want to burn through all your good ones at first, right? No, you but so, you want but... you
1: know. But you don't have to sprinkle in like earthquakes.
0: And no, it's also I imagine it's got to be. I mean, I don't know. I don't have a network. I'm not making any money from this damn podcast. But like, if you're like running a show, like you obviously want to engage people and make them watch, but also you. You're hoping maybe for some longevity, so you don't want to burn through all your good stories. But then again, you know that if you don't put out, like, some good ones to draw people in, you're not going to have any longevity. So I imagine it's probably difficult to really try and gauge that.
1: um, Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm sure they were just producing the show. I'm sure they had to do some topics like this that rely on, like, stock footage solely because they don't have the resources to go out and just film Mm -hmm. everything. And they don't necessarily have the experts lined up that maybe they want for whatever topic they're planning. It's just, you know, I mean, I know making TV is not easy. And it it's just sometimes these topics you're like, why <laughs> why this though? <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, and also, I mean, like, yeah, there it's it doesn't it doesn't do what it says on the tin, right? We're not really in search of anything, but it is kind of something that you think people are gonna be interested in watching. Cause I have to say, like, There wasn't a lot in this episode, but, like, the whole natural disaster thing, like, we we ragged on, like, the, the earthquakes episode and the killer bees one that he wrote and that kind of thing, and then, like, this one on hurricanes and stuff. But, like, they are interesting in a way because, like, they're so, like, unpredictable. It's like how much damage they can create like it almost sometimes it seems like random or like you always see the stuff about like my neighbor's house got totally destroyed and my house didn't get touched or vice versa kind of thing like with tornadoes and stuff and just like mm-hmm. it'll you know like you could be right near and you're fine and then everyone else will get annihilated and it's just kind of it's just it almost seems capricious at times. Like, yeah, I like the Greek gods were like, you know, choo, cause
1: yeah, I mean, it does feel it. that way. There was we skipped over it, but there was one scene of this woman who was looking for her house where it should be. And like all the, the area was like flattened. And so she's like, well, I guess mm-hmm. it's probably among the debris. And she turns around and she screams because her house is pretty intact, but it has moved across the street. Yeah, and it's facing because she's the other like, way.
0: Because like the debris they're looking at, it's like, these are like, this is like debris from all the houses near my house. So I imagine it's probably over here somewhere. Right.
1: It's in, yeah, and then, yeah. And
0: like, not even a cut. They just like, they turn to go talk to someone else and suddenly you hear this shrieking. And so they turn to her and she's like,
1: oh my God, my house is right there. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not where it's supposed to be, but it's there. It's just, it's so weird. So like those kinds of things are real. it's just so fucked up how powerful that shit can be. Yeah.
0: It's also interesting because going to that, so... In some of the stuff I was looking at, they have like all the, again they have the, like the rankings are different depending on what you're looking at, you know whether you're talking about like intensity size, wind speed mm-hmm. all kind of stuff, but they have one that they they use a hurricane severity index where they take the intensity and the size and they give them points and they use that total to rank hurricanes okay and this is and this is like currently right, and so the number one ranked hurricane is actually hurricane Carla which was in 1961, and unfortunately this chart doesn't tell you where they hit, but it had an intensity of 17 and a size of 25, so it was a bigger hurricane, because I think the chart only goes from 1 to 25 on each one. So 25 is like the biggest hurricane you can get, so it has a total of 42. And then Betsy, the one they talked about that hit Miami in 65 or kind of glazed it, is actually the second ranked, and that was 1965. It had an intensity of 15, so it was lower, but again it was so huge – That it has a total of 40. And then Camille is tied for third place with three other, or two other, I guess, because Camille in 1969, Opal in 1995, and Katrina in 2005, which... Most of us, Most of
1: us kind of probably American remember history. in some respect. There's actually an incredibly traumatizing episode of Radiolab about Hurricane Katrina, or maybe it's This American Life. Uh, I recommend it if you never want to sleep again, but it's very good. It's good journalism. Oh, that's a good but recommendation. Man, it's fucking terrifying. terrifying. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if
0: you never want to sleep again.
1: Yeah. yeah if, if you, you really want to be horrified night. by hurricanes, it, I yeah, I won't even. Yeah. I just. Yes.
0: Yeah. So they, so they all have a total right of 36. But Camille had an intensity of 22. So intensity-wise, Camille is actually the top of this list, but uh-huh, it's actually tied for third because it was really small. So it was it was super intense, but it was super tight. Right. Only had a size of 14, which is actually the second lowest on this list. Mm-hmm. Andrew was actually an 11 and had yeah. an intensity of 16. But it's just weird because, like, the strength, like, it doesn't ma- Like, again, that goes into that, like, you can't, predict what's going to happen because
1: you just you don't know have su-
0: you could have a super strong one and yet one that's much weaker could do way more damage because katrina only had an intensity rating of 13 but it had a size of 23 right so and it was so just bigger wise, and so it was, yeah. yeah
1: because you have to think like it's not just the hurricane that causes the damage right it's also mm-hmm. The water that it leaves behind creates, you know, it the levees break. And so then things flood that maybe wouldn't have flooded. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just it creates yeah. a domino effect of damage.
0: Apparently Camille and Katrina, people talk about them being very similar, at least having similar effects. Yeah. Even though they're, they're kind of actually flipped as far as like size and intensity goes because Camille mm-hmm. was very small but super strong. Whereas Katrina wasn't actually that strong but was really big. Yeah. So, yeah yeah it's kind of it's kind of like you 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 just don't know it's weird so, yeah, yeah, and then I don't know about you, when you were watching this, but dr Neil Frank, I just assumed that he had been like a broadcaster before he was doing the weather stuff because he just he had that vibe like when he was talking to stuff you're like this dude is like uh like maybe he was a sports announcer before he like started doing you know (laughs) weather stuff or something sure
1: sure yeah i could see that
0: he actually wasn't though so he was appointed director of the national hurricane center in 1974 and he retired from that position in 1987 and he was instrumental in advancing both the scientific and informational aspects of hurricane forecasting and then, after he retired from the National Hurricane Center, he then went on to become the chief meteorologist for Houston CBS affiliate KHOU. So then he became like a TV weathercaster. Oh,
1: interesting! So and did then he retired. F- order.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he did, so then he retired <laughs> from that in 2008. However, unfortunately, he is also a signatory of an Evangelical Declaration on Global Warming, which was an open letter published in 2006 by the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation, which is a conservative Christian public policy group that believes the free market is the best approach to the care for the environment and is critical of current environmental movements. The alliance in particular denies man-made global warming, which is kind of ironic because global warming is probably the most likely cause for stronger and more frequent hurricanes in the last few decades. Mm -hmm. So. But yeah, so he's but yeah, I found it interesting that like he actually did go into that. I mean, he was like the public face for the National Hurricane Center, so like he was often on the news and giving like, you know, reports and that kind of thing. So he kind of he kind of had that vibe. I think it's just interesting that he actually went in reverse order of that cuz you yeah I totally got that feel from him, but then he actually did that afterwards. So I mean, it was a That's good fit. Funny. Um yeah, it, was totally. just, it was unfortunate when I was looking him up. I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then that last the last little bit. I know. At the bottom, and then you're
1: like oh, okay. and I'm like, oh damn it. How do you so, how do you start from this place of like science and get to there? It just kind of boggles my mind.
0: Yeah, he's still alive though. He's ninety-one. I oh think, wow. If I'm correct. Um he was born in yeah, because he was actually he was born the same year as Leonard Nemo. He was born in nineteen thirty one.
1: Oh, okay.
0: His birthday is September 11th, 1931. So his oh, seventh wow. birthday was probably shit. But, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it probably wasn't a good day. It wasn't a good day for most of us. No. Talk about trauma. Oof. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I just really, yeah, he's he's exactly the same age as Leonard Nimoy. So, or in, at the time, well, not exactly because birth dates are different, but.
1: Uh, well, yeah, close enough.
0: Yeah. So he's a little bit younger than Leonard Nimoy. Because he's a September baby and then anymore, He's a March baby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So September baby, what would be his astrological sign? September 11th. I don't know. I
1: feel like, is that Sagittarius? Hold on. I always get a little iffy. All right, so let's see. He's September. Oh, he's a Virgo.
0: Oh, okay. A Virgo.
1: Wait, when's Sagittarius then? I have that totally swapped in my brain. Oh, November to December. I should know that. Okay. You
0: should. I'm really disappointed, honestly.
1: Man, I don't know a lot of Sagittarius's. So I think that's why that one kind of gets mixed up.
0: I I have trouble because it's not like the month is just like the sign. It's, It's, yeah. Well, it's like
1: a part of the month because like I'm in May. So everyone always thinks I'm a Taurus, but like I'm at the end of May. So I'm actually like a Gemini, but I'm like at, I'm like kind of near the cusp. Mm. But. I actually am May 28th, as so everyone here knows, because <laughs> I say my birthday all the time. But uh, yeah.
0: also, too, isn't there some, like, depending on which way you lean, there's like some overlap between like two different zodiac grids or something where like you if you, you could be on the cusp and so depending on which one you do you could be this or you could be that depending on I thought maybe I that but that's point. like
1: a day or two difference i don't think it's big enough to include like my birthday for example i'm too far out i wasn't um,
0: meaning you in particular stop making it all about you tori i was thinking about well it i just
1: don't want you to accuse me of being a tourist okay a tourist like Tauruses are very A stubborn. tourist or a
0: tourist. Either one. I
1: don't want to be <laughs> yeah, actually, I hate either. being mistaken for a tourist. <laughs> I grew up in a tourist town, so that's like an insult. It's like, I hate being a tourist when I am a tourist. Um, no, but tourists are a very tourist stubborn. tourist tourist. Oh, my God. And they dig in. My mom is a tourist. Um, and I, I may or may not have some of that as well. I do have, like, a tourist rising or something. So
0: We're trying desperately to give you guys that lost episode. try. <laughs>
1: was <laughs> so bummed i have never been like more like oh shit then i mean that was just a moment of like oh my god it's not popping up the file which means i didn't record it which means nick didn't yeah. record it because i didn't let him record it so that means mm-hmm. we didn't record we just yeah, spent 45 both... minutes talking about astrology and did not get a single minute of it on audio yeah.
0: i mean we talked for more than an hour but we were Chit chatting before that,
1: so, yeah. yeah but I mean, yeah, it was a good episode, and I'm really pumped. Now yeah, here we yeah, are it's... talking about freaking hurricanes. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocky like a hurricane.
0: Anyway, yeah. So, yep, hurricanes don't go in search of them.
1: No, unless uh, you're a hurricane hunter. Don't. Yeah,
0: which was weird because in the episode they called those dudes who were flying into the thing they call them hurricane hunters. I think they were actually like research scientists. I don't think they were hurt. Yeah, but I mean that's like, um, but you know, in the movie
1: so. Twister, you got the tornado hunters, and they're they're scientists. Like they're not. That's just a colloquial. Like we're gonna call them that. But yeah, obviously. I mean, colloquial. not all
0: of them are scientists, but I'm, I mean, I mean, would hope I'm most not of them are. The movie, but <laughs> there are, there are people who just do that as a thing. Like
1: yeah, a thing. yeah, it's true. That's so. true. Doesn't seem like a fun hobby, but you know, neither does climbing Everest. So I don't, I don't understand some people.
0: I mean, sometimes podcasting isn't a fun hobby. So, <laughs>
1: honestly, it's always fun because you like get to you talk to, to me. An episode, so. Yeah, that's true. That was a bummer. Yeah, this
0: is Tori's first time having that happen. It has happened to me in the past, so I'm, I'm a little more. I'm
1: I knew it was going to happen one day. Like I was telling yeah. my other co-host on my other podcast that one day. Because we were checking, and I was like, "I'm checking," because like I know one day we're gonna go through a whole freaking episode, and it's not gonna record. <laughs> anyway, we don't need to keep mourning our lost episode. No one cares. Everyone else is over it.
0: <laughs> well, that's because they don't. They don't know what they missed. If they knew, what I know. They missed, they'd be super it's true. Upset.
1: It was pretty good. I'm pretty sad. Yeah,
0: yeah. I will die on the hill that I think our of episodes are our best episodes.
1: So. Some of them are pretty good. I think some of them are pretty great. I think our ghost one is one of our best things we've done, to be honest. So.
0: Mm. Yeah, the UFO one's pretty good, too.
1: Yeah, that one's um, pretty good. There are a couple of really...
0: Yeah, I mean, we just had one that came out that was, I thought, pretty funny.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I forget what it was about, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> it's, all about the, it's, not, it's more about the entertainment than the information, honestly, at this
1: point. <laughs> so... I mean, the show doesn't give you a lot. We've got a riff and an ad here and there.
0: Yeah. It was about Firewalkers. That's what it was. Yeah.
1: Oh, right. Was because, yeah, Firewalker. Yep.
0: Yeah, that one was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. We're tooting our own horn, talking about how great we are, even though we don't know how to record <laughs> podcasts. So. We're so
1: great. We just <laughs> don't even know how to hit record. We're so good at this.
0: I want to rewatch. At least this time is recorded in collaboration with Black Cat and Orange Tuxedo Studios.
1: Episode production, design, and editing is by Lazy End Productions.
0: And I left out the part that is hosted by Tori and Nick, but you guys know that. I don't know. I was yeah. looking at the Text when I read You're probably
1: it. Probably aware by now.
0: Yeah. This feed where we have this stuff is where we cover television, film that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. Although, really, it's just like, we like doing it, so we're doing it. If you like it, like we do, you can tell a friend, and then they can like it, and then we'll be like, wow, we're glad you're here to join us. That's super cool.
1: hmm Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time, and together, we'll try to figure out if, if the truth, truth is still out there. there.
0: Search of
1: hurricanes.
0: Okay, Try and sound interested, at least.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i hurricanes. hurricanes. All right, ciao, lightning. AYM.